In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. This is part two of our Cherry 2000 episode. If you haven't heard episode one or part one, slide back to next week and check that out if you want to hear it. We are joining ourselves back in the desert. And spoiler alert, it is all downhill from here, folks. Enjoy. So then they drive through the desert for quite a while and they eventually get to a place to rest. Um, that looks like some sort of an abandoned something. I don't really know what. And mm-hmm. that's when we get the exposition dump about the plan to find Cherry, that they're going to go to this robot graveyard that they have to go at night, um, that there will only be a 15-minute window to find a Cherry, and that's kind of all they've got. And uh, Sam is, like, really eager to get his robot wife back so he's like why can't we go right now and she's like we really have to go when it's dark trust me on this one um Mm -hmm. so she's like so right now it's like broad daylight we're at this area that's safe i'm gonna sleep you should sleep too and then we'll get going once it's dark again Mm -hmm. what actually happens though is sam again kind of creepily listens to cherry's voice on (laughs) her chip and this one isn't this the one that like is like some kind of weird sexual encounter that we hear her voice saying stuff yeah like yeah i think so and even though e said she's going to sleep she actually overhears this and this is well this is why like i wish melanie griffith was just not i don't know if she was underutilized but she wasn't used to the fullest extent of her ability because she mm-hmm. makes a very good reactive face of like, this is fucked. Like the idea that this man thinks this, I'm just hearing one side of this interaction and he thinks this is like love and it sounds gross. Like, because I for, I wish I could remember the dialogue, but it is very like the woman being like, is this what you like? And yeah. him like, guiding her and I, I mean I guess that's it's fine to tell people what you like but like there was something very subservient in a way that was yucky mm-hmm. to me about it mm-hmm. and E yeah. reacts in the same way then there's like this big explosion sound Sam goes to see what it is and he's at the edge of this big like pit like a very deep pit oh yeah and 
he sees on the other side of the pit that there's this like group of people kind of milling around. And just as he's about to try and look more closely at it, a tire rolls up from behind him and knocks him over and over the edge of the cliff. I know. I was like, when that happened, I was like, what the? <laughs> I was like, did the main character just die? But then the reveal is, is that this is like a pit. It looks like a mining pit, actually, because like, mm -hmm. it's like um, there are like levels to it. And then there's little ledges and then it goes down some more. And then there's another little ledge. And so he's just fallen mm -hmm. into the next ledge. E walks up behind him and we she doesn't say so but basically she's done this because she doesn't want the people on the other side of the pit to notice them being there mm -hmm. and she's got this okay. like telescope where she's looking across the way and this is our first introduction to the character of Lester and his gang and this is when we learn that Lester is basically like a gangster type who controls the entirety of Zone 7. And he's clearly, like, um, unstable, let's say. Because uh, then we see him throw a guy over the edge of the cliff, presumably as some sort of a punishment for something. That is a ridiculous punishment. <laughs> we don't know what this guy did, but... We will see that yeah. Lester definitely doesn't shy away from killing. Uh, this no. is this is one of his character traits. Um, yeah. Then we continue driving to the desert, and we arrive at what turns out to be kind of like how would I describe it? It seems like it's sort of like a military base or fortress but it is controlled by Lester's gang. And I think what it is is like that when we get to that weird Sky Ranch that's like their hangout, mm -hmm. I think you have to like get past this fortress to then get to the place where the Sky Ranch is. Okay. I think that that's my interpretation of this. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. So E is like, we need to drive up and let people in this fortress see us coming because that's the fastest way across the river. Um, and then we get like a pretty long, probably one of the longest action sequences in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. and this is also where we learn that Lester and his gang hate trackers and they are familiar with E. So as soon as they see her car, they start shooting at it. Um, and in fact, they even use a massive crane with a magnet to pick up her car. That's and I feel like, I feel like here's what I feel like. <laughs> A tracker is sort of like a PI in our world, maybe. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think at least partially that, sure. I feel like she should have known to switch out her car. Well. Or do something more surreptitious. Well, this is the whole thing. We learn that this is all sort of part of a plan. Because mm. the crane picks up her car. Um, And then 
there is a, like it is a pretty good set piece because there's a couple like shots of the car hanging from the magnet and mm -hmm. a stunt person climbing all over the car doing crazy yeah. stuff uh, oh yeah both, that part was wild both sam and e like are shooting guns at the various people and i think this is when e actually has a literal rocket launcher that she's using <laughs> to do something so but but she says in the context like as they're doing this shootout thing she's like i've done this on purpose to cross the river and it seems that what she wants to do or what she always intended would happen is that they would get picked up by the magnet. The magnet would start taking them across the river and then she would shoot out the operator and the magnet controlling them in such a way that then she was the car was going to be lowered down by this big rope thing into that weird tube. Like, oh, yeah, that all seems part of the plan. Yeah. I was very lost already at this point. Like, what? The, I was like, what the? They're in the, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that tube they go down. I was like, you lost me, people. But yeah, okay. the tube is like a, a thing for water. Because then she's like, we need to go down to the bottom. Like, Sam's like, okay, now we're stuck in this tube with the car, with our stuff. And she's like, I did this on purpose. And it's like, what? And then she's like, we have to walk down to the bottom of this tube. Um, we're leaving the car here for now. And it's like, what? Um, and then, of course, Sam falls down. He hits E with his body. And they both slide down to the bottom um, where they splash into some water. Whereupon this old man in a boat is there. And... He's very suspicious of Sam, but not of E. And she says he's a client for a job. And he's like, okay, fine. And then they end up in this old man's cave hideout. Where, um, yeah, like, so Sam is, so they, so first they change clothes into dry clothes um mm -hmm. sam is listening to cherry's voice yet again meanwhile e is talking to the old man about women in the big cities and he's kind of confirming what we just saw earlier that it's terrible it's these demo reels it's this <laughs> this stuff um and uh then it's i don't know what time of day it is anymore but it, i guess it's supposed to be night and mm -hmm. so the old guy has made them food. And I want to say he maybe even calls it desert rat, though I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> that, I'm going to tell you right now, not appetizing. No, well, because that's like one of the gags, right? Is like, E doesn't mind it. She starts eating it immediately. Sam is not a fan. Um, because he's from the city. He's stuck right, up. Right. And so <laughs> while they're eating and chatting... Sam notices that this guy is basically missing all of the fingers on one of his hands. And he's like, oh, you're six-fingered Jake. 
And so it's like, reveal, I'm not really dead. I just wanted to retire from the tracker life. And because I probably made people angry on so both sides. So he <laughs> Right. I live here where no one knows. Oh, my God. That is dark. Um, okay. When I watched this movie, clearly, but I definitely didn't realize that his name is Six Finger Jake. And when you said Six Finger Jake, I assumed six fingers on one of his hands. Not that he had literally six, only six fingers. (laughs) That's, well, we only get one shot in the whole movie of this, but it does appear that he has like one hand that is all five and one hand that is just one. So that's the situation. Yeah, I definitely thought it was like the six-fingered man in um, Princess Bride. Right. Yes, that makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> so then they're like, well, we need to wait, uh, until dark the next day to, co- to recover E's car and then continue on this hunt for Cherry. So everyone goes to sleep. And this is when we start the story of Sam falling in love with E, even as they are trying to find his robot wife. Um, because they're sleeping kind of in the same room with each other, but not really a room, more like a space in this cave hideout. And I noticed Mm -hmm. that, like, so they're sleeping on, like, let's say couches facing each other or something, and he quite clearly is sleeping in a shirt, and she quite clearly Mm -hmm. is sleeping topless. So... (sighs) I don't really know what that's about, but I guess we don't even need to worry about it. Wrote it. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this is not even the first time where we're gonna have a thing where we're see like where Sam is watching her sleep. Like this happens quite a lot for some reason. Um, but anyway, it, we arrive at the next evening where they're gonna. The three of them are working to collect. E's car again and they have this plan of how they're going to do it but when night comes um Lester and his gang are ready um there's a bunch of chaos floodlights come on Sam has stowed Cherry's chip in one of the packs on one of Six Finger Jake's mules that he has for reasons unknown um and so and again, this is all very chaotic in terms of how the viewer sees this because it's not even like what you would expect to see, which is like we see Sam get hit in the head and then he blacks out and everything fades to black and then we're in a new thing. Um, mm-hmm. We see like the floodlights come on and then there's shooting from the fortress and then it's literally like a smash cut where then we're looking at something called Sky Ranch. And that, I think, is the first image, is that lighted-up sign that says Sky Ranch. Mm -hmm. And then Sam is waking up by a pool in the desert. He's in totally different clothes. And when he wakes up, this woman walks up to him And this weird, like, silver suit, which I'm not sure why she's got that on. And she takes her, like, helmet off. 
and gives him this like long kiss and all of a sudden Sam is like Elaine what are you doing here and I'm like wait what um <laughs> who's Elaine <laughs> and who, yeah, is she, never... who is she to this guy and then she's like oh no 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 my name is Ginger I've changed it to Ginger since I moved out here and so they never fully flesh this out, but I I think that Ginger is like an old girlfriend or an old friend who used to live in the big cities and then somehow found her way out to Zone 7. Mm-hmm. And, and most importantly, she's now Lester's girlfriend in this Yikes. situation. Yeah. Um, so... She's really happy to see him, like, this blast from the past thing. Um, and he's like, what happened to the other people I was with? And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're the only survivor. So now it's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm all alone. Cherry's chip is missing. Kind of, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Lester and his gang drive up, and they're towing E's car. Um, and acting really irritating. and But then Lester comes up, gives Ginger a kiss, and then Ginger's like, oh, meet my friend Sam. And Lester is weirdly, like, convivial with him. And is like, oh, welcome. Glad to have you. And I was like, what? Um, cut to later that night. Everybody in uh, Lester's gang is having a barbecue. Everything seems quite, like, I don't know, because also the Sky Ranch is those weird little domes. Like, everybody lives in a little dome around this pool. Mm-hmm. Are you picturing this? In that pool. Yeah, I'm picturing it. And that pool, let me just tell you. Is this the pool that basically looks like a mud pit? I guess. Like I don't water? really have I mean, much a mud recollection. Mm. I'm think I was more impressed and impresses me like the little geodesic domes that they each live in made more of an impression on me than the pool <laughs> itself. Oh, maybe I'm picturing the wrong pool. Cause I feel like there was a part where they had like, maybe it was. Oh no. You're thinking it. about the last chance brothel and gas. Yeah. Oh yeah. That we haven't but gotten there yet. yet. Oh Lord. Um, anyway, I kind of can't remember. Maybe I'm not remembering the right pools, but anyway, this looked like a place that might have really existed and been like a vacation spot in the Nevada desert. Like they're having this. It probably bar- was. It probably was. Like they're um, probably like Airbnbs now. Yeah, probably. Um, so they're all having this bar- barbecue. Lester's talking to Sam, and basically, I guess, is kind of trying to recruit him into this his gang. Um. And he's like, yes, you know, like, all, look at all of us. We're, like, working together. He has the kind of weird, they don't clarify this either, but the way Lester talks is as if he's had military training sometime in his past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shows Sam a picture of Cherry and is like, do you know anything about this woman? Because um, we're looking for a chip for her. And Sam is like, no, no, I don't know anything about her. Um, you know, because Lester is basically like, oh, man, I have so many of these cherry chassis. 
if I had a chip, I could make so much money. Um, and then I forget if he says it or if it's one of his weird goons. But then someone's like, yeah, being with her is like slamming an octopus. And I was like, oh, maybe what? that's one of those lines where I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? I don't want to know. Uh, I personally. And also, sir, why are you having sex with octopi? Yeah, there's that question. Um, how do you know? And how does one? <laughs> how do you know oh what gosh. that would be like? And what is, and what exactly does that mean about her se sexual capabilities? Um, and also, this is gross. Um, and also, just never say that. Yeah, even about a robot. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, there's this other guy that the gang seems to have caught earlier in the day. Um, and they're kind of fucking with him. And I just now I'm noticing in my handwritten notes, I've written Lester's gang equals dude bro frat boys. <laughs> um, and I do, I do remember this now. Like, they're literally all wearing fucking fedoras and, like, wild clothes and all this stuff. And I did have this weird thing of, like, this is a segment of the population that exists now. Like, how mm -hmm. weird that they figured it out. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, needless to say, though, this tracker that has somehow ended up in their midst, he's trying to pretend that he's not a tracker, but they don't believe him. And so then they give him that paper bag with a target on it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then... This is weird. Do you want to explain what happens to him? Well, they put him, like, on this... They have this, like, wall that says trackers and, like... I forget if it says something else. I but think they put him that's up against the wall. Yeah. yeah. And they're gonna... He's, like, saying he's gonna shoot him. But with a gun. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, with a gun. And then instead of shooting him with a gun... They shoot an arrow through his head, so he's, like, stuck to the wall now. Yeah, and everyone applauds when he does it. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> and then even more, like, fucking jarring and gross is, like, then it cuts to the whole gang doing the hokey pokey around their, like, geodesic domes, like, having a great time around the pool, having fun. Yeah, um, that's fucked. Yeah, it's really quite horrible. Meanwhile, Sam is in his little geodesic dome and Ginger comes in and she also tries to kind of give the hard sell of joining Lester's gang. Um, and Sam kind of leads her to believe that is what he'll do, but he wants to go to bed and she's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. But in fact, like once it's kind of like deeper night, Sam has got is doing an attempt at an escape plan. But he gets caught by one of the dude bros, I guess, mm -hmm. who's on patrol. And I think this is when, like, the dude bro has him at gunpoint, and then E comes up behind him and, like, puts a gun at his, the back of his head or something. I can't totally mm -hmm. remember. But so she kills that guy. And then they are getting ready to escape. Now it's, like, getting to be dawn time six-fingered jake is there as well 
Um, we get no information about like what has happened to them in the past 12 hours or how they escaped or anything. We have no idea what happened to mm-hmm. them. Um, so then Six Fingered Jake is like, okay, I'm going to go to Snappy Tom's. Uh, yeah, the names and, in this movie. I know. Like... And we'll meet up there to cut. I guess the idea is like we'll have an easier time escaping if we split up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happens. Also, oh, this was really funny. So when E and Sam come back after she's killed this dude bro to save Sam, Six Finger Jake is like, where did you get that go to hell hat? And I was like, that is a great description of a fedora. <laughs> and and the people who would wear one now. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. So, but unbeknownst to Sam, so Sam is under the impression that Cherry's chip is just totally lost in this whole mm. kerfuffle that's happened. But Six Finger Jake actually does have the chip and he gives it to E for some reason. Um, and then in an effort to kind of create a distraction for them to escape, Sam finds these gas cans and like is pouring gas all over the Sky Ranch and then sets it on fire, but like leaves the gas can in this beehive room Mm -hmm. so that then you're having explosions and bees going, (laughs) um, which would be a distraction. For sure. That, yeah. Um, so then, happily, all three of them are able to escape. Um, and sometime the next day, Lester and his gang are, like, kind of recovering, and then they're gonna, they're getting ready to go after them. hmm Um, so, as Sam and E are escaping in the car... Sam is really upset because uh, he's like, oh, you know, like, Cherry's chip is lost. Kind of the whole mission is ruined now. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we can still get the chassis. We can still get you this body. Like, what's the problem? And Sam is like, well, if it doesn't have a personality, it's not really her. Like, and he says mm-hmm. something like, you can't separate personality from the rest of it. So I guess we're meant to see that Sam is at least not a total creep. Um, mm-hmm. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, his, his intentions are, you know, not the creepy, like the grossest. Yeah. Um, then somehow it seems that like E has come to trust Sam because then we cut to a point where like she's sleeping in the passenger seat and he's driving the car. And this is another scene where he's staring at her while she's sleeping. Um which I wish movies and TV wouldn't do. Like, yeah, it is it is more I think it's meant to be cute in movies unless it's supposed to be overtly creepy, but I also just don't believe people do it as much as movies suggest. No, like if I happen to be in the presence of someone who's fallen asleep, let's say they're like a romantic partner or whatever, I might briefly be like, "Oh, they've fallen asleep on the couch." that's cute or whatever or or I guess I'll just cuddle next to them who cares but I I'm certainly not spending <laughs> I'm not spending more than 45 seconds kind of taking that in 
and then going about my business. Like, well, and also, like, you know, people don't sleep as preciously as they do in movies. Because because in movies, they are faking it. So they, you know, are looking like, oh, I'm an angel sleeping. Right. Like, there might be, like, like a glimmer of a smile. hanging open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In in real life, their mouth is hanging open. There might be drool. There might be snoring. There might right. be like or like you um, you aren't like affixed in such a way that like one of your arms is just kind of slightly over your head, and then the other one is yeah, like, it's not cute. You know? usually. <laughs> um, it usually looks like a you know just like a sleeping fucking person. It's not right. That cute. Like the only time I've seen a human watch another human sleep the way I see it depicted in movies. Is when it's like a new parent looking at their infant oh, newborn. Oh, a baby. Like, yeah, a baby or a child is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he's so distracted staring at her while she's sleeping that he almost crashes the car into some rocks. So, of course, she wakes up. Um, and then this is possibly one of the most confusing parts of the movie. They get out of the car, and I can't remember. Are they? They're shouting a bit at each other, right? At first, I think so. This is another thing that doesn't happen in real life and happens in movies constantly. Is like the yelling, 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 anger, 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 and now we're aggressively making out. Yeah, although I wouldn't say it was a super aggressive makeout. It was like a very weird. It was like I don't know how to put it. A lot of watching this movie reminded me of something that I've never actually seen in real life, but it made me think this would be the experience. Like, watching, like, a student film where, <laughs> like, the acting isn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, they don't get to full anger, but they're, like, doing the, like, how could you do this? Why aren't you? Like, um, but they're, but none you of them... You don't believe... Yeah, I agree, because you don't believe that they actually feel any of the words that they're saying. They've just been told to say those words. Right. And that, then, I feel like that's maybe what it is. And then, like, they're getting kind of physically closer and closer to each other. And then the change, because, like, normally when we see this play out, the the heat of the anger is palpable. And so yeah. that... As they get, as the two people get closer and closer to each other, and maybe they're even shouting in each other's faces where, like, one person's pushing their face in and the other person's, like, leaning back, you know, like, really getting in there. And then there's that kind of quick change, and then we're making out. Here, Mm -hmm. though, the anger never gets hot enough, and it peters out very slowly to then slowly build up to this very like actually if i remember correctly kind of a kiss that looks sweet and nice Mm -hmm. but like i don't know the whole thing is just puzzling because then they have this sweet kiss and then you're right then they go from that to like oh yeah i wrote this down okay so they kiss and then my handwritten notes i have have here he moves to her neck and shoulder very fast. Like, it's like one kiss on the lips, and now he I'm... He loves that freaking neck and shoulder jazz, because he was doing it to the cherry girl, too, where he's, like, oh. her... Do you remember? Like, he was, yeah. like, off her, like, shoulder. He yes, you're right. Shoulder. You're right. Mate, is that also supposed to tell us that he's, like, romantic somehow? No. 
Okay. I don't see it. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying no because I don't. I don't find that to be that. But um, no, I find it to be like that's a move that he has. Yeah, that might be right. So, so they do that. Then they really ratchet up into like more aggressive making out. He also really seems to not only like kissing someone on her neck and shoulder area. He also seems to like to like get her horizontal so he can be on top of her quite quickly because he puts her onto the hood of the car. Yeah, that's uncomfortable when you say it like yeah. that. <laughs> I know, but like how what else how else can no, I describe? Right. No, I'm not saying I'm not No, I'm not it's not an indictment of you. It's just like yeah, it's maybe he's not as uncreepy as we thought. Also, I don't know. They're in the goddamn desert. That's hot out. Get I get out of here. Just get back in the car. Finish. I don't know. Like, but so, but the point here is that when E kind of rolls over in the context of this makeout, it triggers the chip that she has of Cherry that she's been keeping mm-hmm. like in the back in the back of her waistband or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then her voice starts going and Sam of course gets really like what the fuck is happening? Why didn't you tell me what's going on? And um E is basically like I don't really know. I don't have a good answer. But before they even can like actually discuss this any further, Lester's henchmen catch up with them and then there's like a different shootout that happens that at the at least is mercifully brief um which I appreciated but this was the part that I I don't think I've said it yet but like this is the part where I really felt like it showed how how they really didn't know what to do with Melanie Griffith because this is where she's got it's not a not the rocket launcher gun that she used before but this this big ass gun and at this point, like, she's down to just kind of, like, a plain white shirt and then some, like, you know, um, those pants that they always do in movies like this where it's, like, a lot of belts around her middle and, like, mm-hmm. boots with, uh, like, like, motorcycle boots on and stuff. But she looks, like, legitimately cool shooting this big gun, being kind of serious. And it was, I, like, saw a glimpse of, like, Melanie Griffith could have been a cool, like that could have been an interesting action woman. Like she's convincing me in this, despite the fact that she has this very soft voice and, you know, like delicate look about her. She's convincing me in this and it's too bad. Nothing ever happened here because I would be interested in whatever she could do as an action star. Um, yeah. But anyway, they managed to escape from the henchmen. And then they end up at Snappy Tom's Last Chance Brothel and Gas. Um, and this is where they're meeting back up with Six Fingered Jake. Um, and then this is also where, like, they're walking around this... Um, kind of set of tents, I guess, and, like, warehouses in the desert. And this is where, this is that this pool is that, that looks like pond. a puddle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they're in this, like, warehouse place, 
And there's, I mean, I did kind of like this as this like drop it gag where like, I think Sam gets caught by Randa and she like holds a gun on him at his back and says, oh, drop yeah, it. Yeah. And then, right, right. and then E walks up behind her and says, drop it. And then Snappy Tom walks up behind her and says, drop it. And I think he even emerges out of an old refrigerator. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he then does, does. six and then six finger jake comes up behind him and says drop it and then they all kind of like i was turn. like okay there's no one else in this movie stop i know, I know. <laughs> and then they all like turn and kind of do that 80s laugh of like ha ha what a funny bit this is we been. all got each other <laughs> um and snappy tom and six finger jake are friends so they're like oh okay you ha ha um and so I don't really notice that they fully explain their plan to Randa and Snappy Tom, but they somehow find it out anyway. Um, e is looking around at the stuff that Snappy Tom has and discovers this plane that is in disrepair and out of use. And she's like, this is what we can use to fly to the robot graveyard. And Sam is like, no, this plane definitely can't be fixed. And also, there's just this throwaway line because earlier in the movie, at one of the various shootouts and whatever, I was thinking to myself, Sam really knows how to handle himself in these firefights and seems to be pretty good with a gun. What the fuck's happening? And then here is when he says, I haven't flown one of these since the border wars. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, so he's a vet. That explains a lot. Like, that would have been, if we were going to have a flashback in the movie, that could have been a useful flashback. Maybe that would help us to understand why he wants to be in love with a robot woman and not <laughs> an organic woman. Like, anything. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, so but we don't know what border wars are. We don't know anything. That's just a throwaway line. Don't even think of it again. <laughs> then uh, we get what often happens in a movie is Melanie Griffith is fixing a plane. And they're like, hmm, she really needs to look like she's been fixing a plane. So they have like one streak of oil across <laughs> her cheek. Did you notice oh, that? I forgot. But it's like, I love I love movie and play dirt, shall we say. Um, I, I, I love it. I think this so literally funny. looks as though what she did, like to have this be on her face in the way that it is, it looks as though she's fixing a plane, finds a place where oil is in the plane, dunks her, in, her face. <laughs> dunks her index finger in it all the way, and then yep. only her in index finger brushes it across her cheek. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing, like, it's so funny because I, <laughs> I, I was in some plays and shows in my day where I had to be like an orphan or like somebody who was like a street right. urchin. And I do remember <laughs> my favorite part was like doing the dirt makeup. And sure. it, it's so fake looking like and looking back, it's like who has that much dirt on their face? And when you're like doing a dirty task like they oh they love that shit in movies it's so funny because i and i guess i don't do enough like 
dirty tasks but like even gardening i feel like they show people gardening in shows sometimes and they're like there's dirt all over the place and it's like okay you need to whatever you're doing you're doing it wrong because you shouldn't have dirt all over your face when you're gardening right and like i absolutely can expect and understand that when you are working on a mechanical item without gloves that you would get grime and grease and grit on your hands and that right. perhaps you would absentmindedly touch your face while you're doing that sure. okay fine but if that is what you did it would not just be it looked like someone had taken a paintbrush and just like <laughs> painted on one streak of oil and I was like that's good <laughs> yeah um, that makes because that, like, because it remains, like, she's still cute. Like, she's right. not gross looking. You know? Right. It doesn't override her, like, cuteness. It's still, like, oh, she's tough, but sexy still. Right. So Sam keeps being, like, I really don't think this plain thing is going to work. But he's, like, no, I can definitely get it off the ground. I swear. Meanwhile, Six Finger, Six Finger Jake. Snappy Tom and Randa are all kind of like back at the main cabin area of the whole thing. Um, and Randa, Lester shows up and Randa basically squeals and she's like, we, like, they're here right now. Um, they're over in this other part of the compound. Um, but as she's saying that, E and Sam are taking off in the plane that E has just fixed. So Lester mm -hmm. is very pissed off. Um, somehow, this is where I don't, the order of things is a little bit weird because um, Six Finger Jake also gets killed in this interchange. Like, Randa kills him. Oh, I think because he was trying to warn Sam and E of what's happening. So she kills him. Sam sees it. E is unaware. So, um, as they, so wait, so Six Finger Jake gets killed. Sam and E escape. Lester is very angry about that. So Randa mm -hmm. is trying to smooth things over. And says, oh, you know, like, really sorry, but, like, well, at least we killed this one. And he's like, I wanted them captured alive. So that is not helping anything. And she's like, oh, well, I heard where they're going. They're going to the robot graveyard. Um, so surely that, you can just go there. And he's like, I guess. And then she goes a bit too far and she asks him what's wrong with his face. Because after the firefight at the Sky Ranch, the next time we see Lester, he's got these weird, like, white splotches on his face. Um, and I was waiting for some kind of a reveal that he was also a robot. Um, that never came. Uh, but so when she comments on the weirdness of his looks... He shoots her right in the head. <laughs> God. So he's a real stable individual. 
Um, Meanwhile, in the plane, Sam tells uh, E about Six-Fingered Jake because she hadn't seen what had happened. And um, I think this is again, yes, it is, when Sam's like, I think we should just give up. Like, this has gotten (laughs) way out of hand. And this is when E's like, no, we have to keep going because then otherwise Six-Fingered Jake died for nothing. And I was like, yeah, he did die for nothing. Like, (laughs) this is a stupid thing. Like, all of this is stupid. Like, we, yes, you are correct. You've all done this movie for no reason. (laughs) And also, I mean, I guess I'm like, he died over a robot wife which you have been maligning this whole time you've been making fun of sam saying robot wives are bullshit i don't understand why anyone would want one blah 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 and now you're like if we don't get one for you this has all meant nothing and i'm like what and then it's like well i guess it's like i always finish jobs that i take on and that means something i don't know yeah but so then we then the reveal is we've gotten to the old robot graveyard which turns out to be the old Vegas strip which love that uh I did enjoy that as a concept and in <laughs> fact what is interesting about the way they're depicting this is that the va- like this the d- desert has kind of overtaken most of downtown Vegas so all that we mm-hmm. see is like little bits of the casino that are like tall enough to come up out of the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they were flying over it and when they first were walking into that landscape, in my handwritten notes, I have a real return to Oz vibe. Mm-hmm. Like something about coming into this abandoned city or what I don't know. And I was like waiting for those... Remember in Return to Oz, there are those weird, like, goons that are all on, like, uh, don't roller skate. The wheel people. Of course. The wheel I was waiting people? for something like that to show up. Oh, that would have been hell. Or, like, if not that, then definitely some sort of weird, like, mutant people who, like, got messed up in the post-apocalyptic thing and they, like, quote-unquote, live in this area, but they're all fucked up. Like, I was expecting something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I'm and they're like, that didn't happen. They're weirdly ter- territorial of the spot, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, I am. I am a bit glad that didn't happen, but I was also a bit like, well, that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, so now we're at, this is the final set piece. This is the final kind of scenes of the movie. Um, Lester and his gang are close on the heels of E and Sam. But because E and Sam are in a plane, they get to the robot graveyard first and they walk to this um, kind of glass ceiling, that skylight thing that's like sticking up out of the sand and they break Mm -hmm. through and they kind of repel, well not repel, they take, they slide down ropes down into an old casino and this old casino has all of these robots hanging in it <laughs> somewhere. And 
And so again, I guess this goes back to the kind of the world that we're living in, in this like alternate reality, where mm-hmm. probably the reason this is a robot graveyard is because this must have been probably a big fancy hotel and casino. And around the year 2000, that was a thing like you could rent a room and get a robot. Mm-hmm. Because, and actually, yes, we know that because at the Glory Hole Hotel, the clerk says, do you want a robot? And then oh, we see one of the, that. and we see one of the guests oh, then we, I do remember that. getting yeah. mad that their the robot thing wasn't is, working. Thing is broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So apparently in this fake future past that we are not a, a part of, that getting a <laughs> robot to go with your hotel room was equivalent to getting like those complimentary soaps and stuff. Like <laughs> Uh, you're like, oh, let me call down to the front desk. I forgot my robot. Yep. Oh, my God. How weird. Um, so that's why they have all these, I guess. Um, so they're down there looking for a cherry model. And E is like, we need to be extremely fast about this because um, Lester's behind us. And so we need to find your robot and get the fuck out of here. So... Mm-hmm. Luckily, they find a cherry relatively quickly. Um, Oh, and this was also where, like, as Lester's gang catches up to them and they converge on the robot graveyard, which is the former Vegas strip, um, Lester's, like, developing a plan for how they're going to kind of, like, encircle the two of them and capture them. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, you go over here, you go over here, you do this, you do that. And then he says to somebody, and you, oh, and then, and then he's saying to all of them, and don't break anything. And then he waits a beat and he's like, especially you. <laughs> I don't, there was something about it that I, like, he delivered some lines in this very funny way. Like, um, earlier in the movie, he's upset about something and he's like, I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something I don't like to feel. I'm feeling anger. <laughs> And uh, there were various, like, weird things that he delivered where I was like, this is actually pretty funny. I wish this was more in this movie. Like, yeah, these moments that sort of work, and then it's like, oh, no, now we're back to these everything. moments that work. <laughs> I wish there was more of these things in this movie where, like, it worked. And it made sense, and everyone was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, down in the... Uh, kind of weird storage space where they found they find Cherry. Sam inserts her chip behind her ear. That's where the chip mm-hmm. is, I guess. And as soon mm-hmm. as he does that, she wakes up and it's the same Cherry that he was with before in the bubbles. Um, yeah. And I think she says, like, hi, honey. And um, they kiss. And um, he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have time for this reunion. We need to get the fuck out of here. And if I was not totally sure of Cherry's intellectual capacity at the beginning of the movie, it is real bad by the end because she literally, in my handwritten notes, I've written, Cherry's dumb as rocks. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you expect? She's a robot. But, the th- like, I just don't understand because if, if Sam has had Cherry long enough to develop 
an actual romantic love for her. And let's just yeah. say, let's just say maybe the cherry model starts out rather dim, but can learn over time. Because she does say that thing in the beginning of like, I learned, guess what I learned today? So, okay, fine. Um, but then she seems even stupider in this scene than she was at the beginning. And so, yeah. and also guess what I learned today? Even that, I'm like, so has she got the intellect of like an eighth grader? Like, what's happening yeah. here? Because then the the remainder of the the, there's not many minutes left of this movie, but whatever is left with Cherry, you're just like, oh my god, she's an idiot. Like, and maybe the point is then to show, because like, the whole movie long, E is smart and capable and fun and funny. And then it's like, now Cherry, this thing that Sam has been waiting for this whole time when it's revealed kind of the fullness of what she is, it's like, oh, she's hardly anything at all. She's dumb mm -hmm. and she's, she can't figure anything out. And she's very dependent upon you. Like, yeah, because then as they're trying to escape, of course, Lester's gang is kind of descending upon them. There's a big shootout. And um, Sam keeps being like, you gotta get down. And she's like, honey, how come we can't, like, rent a movie? And you're like, do you even see what's happening around you? <laughs> uh, yeah. What's oh happening? Um, but they do manage to get back to the plane, the three of them. But, unfortunately, now with three people, the plane is too heavy to take off. So, he's like, I'll jump off. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, really, it's fine. But he insists that it'll, like, don't do that. But then he, so he starts trying to do something to get the plane to take off. And then it does start taking off. And then he realizes the reason that's happening is because E has jumped off the plane and is running away in an effort to save them. And so... It's just Cherry and Sam in the plane. And he kind of um, turns to her and says, we have to go back. And she makes no reaction whatsoever. Um, her only kind of response is she says to him twice, I love you. And he doesn't react. He doesn't respond to it. He programmed her to say that dumb shit. Um, so he flies back and lands, and when he lands, he says, like, hey, Cherry, go get me a Pepsi. And she's like, okay, I'll go get you a Pepsi. And so she starts, like, toddling along in the midst of this firefight. No big deal. Um, totally unperturbed. Sam then goes, uh, to save E, and he, like, picks her up, and I guess puts her back in the plane and then they're flying away and um she's like why didn't you save cherry and his response is she's a robot which like 
Which we already knew that. And also like rough. Like <laughs> you this yeah. is a this is a person, albeit a mechanical one, that you have spent this whole movie saying that you are in deep love with her. Like he regularly says like romantic love that he's romantic that's why she's appealing to him because he gives because she gives him that romance feeling which I guess is not possible with the organic women in his city right like but all of a sudden seemingly it's like not only does that time spent with her mean nothing to me <laughs> like I will abandon her after having revived her only two minutes ago um, I'll just abandon her to her fate in the desert. I guess it's fine. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, the final kind of scenes of the movie, or seconds of the movie, I guess you should say, is that Lester gets killed by somehow, I forget exactly, I think he's trying to kind of climb up a rope to get into the plane or something. Um, but he gets like, his body bashed against a statue that's sticking up out of the sand. So he dies, and then we're left with these very kind of strange final moments where Ginger, Lester's girlfriend, who has come along on this manhunt the whole time because she made sandwiches, um, she finds Cherry and gives Cherry a sandwich. Cherry looks at it and says, pretty, which is like, what? And then... And then we come back to the plane where Sam and E are kissing in the plane, to which my handwritten notes say, isn't that dangerous? If so, <laughs> this is not an autopilot situation. Um, yeah. But they're like making out in the plane and then they fly into the sunset and the movie is over. It's a journey. I'll say that. <laughs> it's a journey, and if I'm honest, as I said at the beginning, none of it needed to happen. Yeah, it's a very unnecessary journey. Although... Like, it's a journey. I mean, I get it that the, these two come together because of it. Right. But, like, fuck that. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could also it's say perhaps the journey or the value of the journey is like the emotional depth that Sam gets over the yeah, course who cares? of it. I don't care about him. Like, that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't, it, it's one of those movies where, like, I just didn't care about anybody. Yes. Um, no, like, sometimes when we watch things, I'm like, there's not enough stuff happening for the time that we've spent in this world. Um, or sometimes it's like there's too much stuff happening. I can't figure out what's important and what isn't. In this case, I think probably the right amount of stuff happened. Um, like I wasn't finding myself getting bored of scenes like I sometimes do. Um, but there wasn't like a clear enough point of view, I guess, is maybe the way to say it. Um, like, nothing was ever committed to fully. 
in this movie. Um, so that's why, like, we don't commit to giving Melanie Griffith enough screen time. Because there's, like, parts where she's just absent, like, from screen and from story. Um, and if she's supposed to be this kind of focal point to help Sam make this emotional realization, then I think we need yeah, to, like, have that. her around yeah. more. Yeah, the, I don't, yeah, I don't see why he, besides, like, a couple moments of him watching her sleep and, like, things like that, like, why? Why did you fall in love with her? Why did you abandon this, you know, problematic yet thing that you were searching for the entire ass movie? <laughs> like, right. And, again, if we're to believe that Sam has this, like, genuine conversion where it's like, oh, I was in love with Cherry because really of, like, maybe these more kind of, like, puerile, childish reasons. Um, but now I'm in love with you because of your complexities. Well, cool. That's a cool story, I guess. But, like, there's not enough commitment to that either. There's not enough commitment to it being a romance set in a dystopian future. There's not enough commitment to, like, could this be made to be funny? Like, um, or is it meant to be serious? Like, it's kind of all the things and nothing at once. Um, which I guess is why, going back to what I said at the beginning, it was hard to just figure out how to market this thing. Because it's like, yeah. well, who, who is this for? What? It was just a clusterfuck, really. Like, what demographic wants this? And who no can one. we That's pitch who. this at? Like, yeah, it's just a shame because, again, like, I think especially, like, I re it really would have been interesting if this had been done maybe in a different way and then launched Melanie Griffith into some sort of action star. Mm. That would have been interesting. I would have been intrigued by that. It didn't happen, of course. But Didn't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie is just, like, a bit of a... A puzzlement, I guess I'll say. Um, yeah. So in terms of yawns and eye rolls, one yawn is like, wow, this is like compelling viewing. Um, and ten yawns is like, I couldn't even keep my eyes open. <laughs> what would you give um... it? Yeah, well, it took me a couple sittings to watch it because it did get dull for me in the middle. Um, and I definitely, like, had moments of, like, oh, God, I want to, like, turn it off again and come back to it. But then I was like, no, power through, power through. Well, and I will say um, I also don't love a movie that's, like, mostly shot in desert. Like, that just me neither. is visually it's not, kind of boring to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I I was, like, in it in the first 15 minutes, as crazy as it was, like, and, like, there were parts that were, like, making me mad. I was, like, still kind of in it. Like, if we kind of just stayed in, like, regular world and the problem was something more about, like, the robots, like, in that world and not this whole, like, wackadoo desert situation, I would have liked that more. Sure. So, for what it was, I'll give it, like, I'll give it, like, a five, like, right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I maybe would do the same because I wasn't deathly bored. Um, <laughs> but I really wasn't, like, into it 
either. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you that it started out in a way where I was like, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, it kind of settled into this pace and this story that was like, um, I don't really think I care about this. Like, yeah. And you're not even doing it in an interesting way, really. Like, you yeah. know, especially if we do take kind of other dystopian apocalyptic movies of the era like a Mad Max or whatever. I'm like, so then yeah. so then you need to be like more intense about certain things, like and and you need to provide more information about what is happening yeah. in this world. Like Yeah. There's not much like, actually why are we doing this? Actually maybe weirdly, perhaps the fundamental problem for this movie, not enough exposition. It's truly, and, like, and I know that, like, a lot of sci-fi, that's, like, we get too much of it, but there wasn't, there was nary a title card, so I could have used one in no, this definitely particular situation. No, definitely no title card. Like, yeah, because there's too many questions. It's, like, what are the border wars? How come you can't have these robots anymore? Like, what? Why is like, there such a separation between, like, this, like, outer limits or whatever they called it, like, the no law zone and, like, right and like regular old he said he's from anaheim and then they have glory hole it's like what is happening and why Um, why is recycling such a big deal like what's (laughs) happening yeah i could have used a little bit more of that um because as well like thinking back to the recycling part and like i said i think it's meant to tell us something about resources being scarce even in these civilized places but it's like but if resources are scarce how come you can have a hamburger and fries and wine and then and, throw it away and then throw it away. And then also you're wasting all that water. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't add up. So yeah, there's stuff there that, and I'm, I'm surprised to make this realization because this is usually not the problem that we encounter yeah. in these movies. But I think that is no. perhaps the thing here is there's just not enough as a viewer to to latch on to to yeah. like make something of this. So in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is Yeah, I guess I bought it. <laughs> and ten eye rolls is like no. There's no there is no way this is an alternate timeline ever. Uh, what would you say? Well, to quote the director, nobody who saw this movie seemed to hate it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm not mad. Like This one didn't make me mad the way some other things do. The last, the one we watched last week, like made me mad. And oh, yeah. The cell <laughs> made me mad. This one, like, I, I didn't really know what was going on, but I wasn't mad about it. Um, I guess because we're on Earth, so I was like, I'm more able to like cope. Um, but I still would say, like, eye roll wise, like, there was a fair amount of like, what the hell is happening for me? So I might say six or seven. Yeah. I think for me, the eye rolliness of it wasn't like the just baseline story necessarily, but the like repeated and like egregious sexism that was just like or that yeah that's like true. happening all the time so i maybe would yeah, even go as far as an eight on that yeah see it, 
that's true. And I kind of forgot about it because it got boring for me and I like checked out a little bit. But like at the beginning, I was like really in it for the sexism, (laughs) meaning like I was not like not in a good way. But like I was like, whoa, this is intense. I'm like I was in it like tuned in to like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. Not like in it like go sexism. But like, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I tuning it out after a while. And I fully understand that, like, times have changed. And and I wouldn't even say this is, like. But it was written by 12-year-old boys. Yeah, that's the thing. is like, this isn't, like, oh, this hasn't aged well. That's not really what's happening here. No, it's very juvenile. Like, I was saying this to you when I was watching it, like, again, especially the first 15 minutes. I was, like, it just feels so needlessly horny. Like, yeah just no reason i am very surprised there wasn't any boob shots in this movie actually now that i say that because well, I think it's it was a, the 80s right but i think it's a pg-13 let me just double check yeah it's a pg-13 pg-13 <laughs> i mean i don't really know where the line is um I but i have a feeling that perhaps the reason we don't see any boobs in this is because of pg-13 I thought they were going to be like robot. They're robot boobs. They're not real people boobs. So it's okay. Right. Yeah. For all the horniness, it was also kind of like weirdly modest <laughs> at the yeah. same time. It was tame. Like it didn't show a lot of stuff, but it like, well, and that's again, 12 year olds were writing it because right. like they say a lot of horny things, but we don't see the horny things necessarily. Right. No, it's all like kind of um, alluded to yeah. without ever actually letting us know anything because even the like the yeah. one big makeout scene at the beginning um when I watched it I was like laughing because I was like well because it's so ridiculous they're in those goddamn bubbles it's just like it, uh, <laughs> like I don't I, the, I hate that like idea in movies where like that's another thing that people do in movies that I don't buy in real life. Like, I am not a neat freak. I am not somebody who, like... But there's some practical things. If you are knocking everything over in your house, if you, there's shit all over... Like, there's bubbles all over the floor, you're going to fucking stop and deal with that situation. You're not going right. to keep going. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I have definitely, like, had passionate makeouts. And maybe sometimes... okay, okay. When I, okay. I'm not... <laughs> divulging more than more than that and then maybe in the context of that like you knock over a glass of water or like you know something relatively minor and you're like I'll deal with that later but like you mean you've never like gone okay I don't want to I actually ask you this so don't actually answer but like you've never like gone into like a room with a desk and like swiped everything (laughs) off it across the thing and like thrown someone onto it that's so funny that you mentioned it because that was going to be one of my other examples of things that never happen in real life. Because I was thinking oh, well, that exactly. As you That's were what I was it. thinking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, no, like, just as with many things we've talked about, it's like whenever a party is depicted on screen or a teen dance or a make, it's like if anything even remotely like this happens in real life, it is like. This is the two eleven version of that, like, <laughs> yeah. because people don't do things like this in this way in real life. Like, it just 
yeah doesn't happen sometimes I, sometimes I question like maybe I'm just boring maybe other people are crazy like that and maybe other people are like just more passionate or like you know but I really that that was a situation that was happening with those bubbles and that soap like she and clearly there were consequences the rest of the yeah. goddamn movie that we had to watch yeah. was the consequence no, no. like yeah, I can't speak for everyone in the world, but I would say at the point where it was getting to be inches of water on the ground <laughs> and more water is pulsing out onto the floor, <laughs> so crazy. that 90% of humanity would have been like, this is really great, but let's pick this back up in a, in like, let's fix this for a second. We, we at the very ne least need to turn off the water and then we can get back to making out. And then if, like, if we really need to, because we can't wait till, like, and then we'll get the shop back to suck up all the water after we make out. Like, but fine. But we need to get you out of the water because you are a robot. Like, okay. Because oh as a God. homeowner, well, I'm not a homeowner, but what I know about being a homeowner and really just living in any physical space, um, that's serious water damage. And serious water oh, damage yes. is a fucking nightmare. So I don't know where I don't know if that was like the first floor. I guess it was supposed to be the first floor, but if that was going into the basement, are you fucking kidding me? That's a disaster. It's a it's a there's I per, that scenario in particular. I'm like yeah. I feel strongly that at least ninety to ninety five percent of the human population would be like, uh oh. I'm noticing your something's home is flooding. Your going home wrong. is flooding. <laughs> and you're just going to like keep going. Whether you're a robot or not, whether your partner is a robot or not, you are, your house is flooding. Right. You need to figure that out. Correct. So finally, <laughs> did you like this movie and would you recommend it? I don't know. I didn't hate it. I don't think I liked it. I think... Would I recommend it? Here's what I'd recommend. The first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The first 15 minutes are kind of fun. Just in a, in a like, uh, in a funny way, because I don't, like, it's not actually, like, good. It's crazy. But it just gets boring after that point. So I would say at that, at that point, you can, you've gotten the gist. <laughs> yeah. I would say watch, like, even maybe the glory hole scenes, like, through that. <laughs> and then yeah. once you're in the desert, you don't need to watch it. Once you're in the desert, it, it's all the same the entire rest of the time. Yeah. So don't even bother. But yeah, yeah that's what um, I would say. I don't think I liked this, but but like the director said, I didn't hate it either. Um, I, I mean, he wasn't wrong about that, I guess. But it's like. Yeah, I mean, I like what sometimes makes the difference for me with these movies is like how smoothly they go down. And yeah, this was definitely that. Like, I wasn't like oh boy I'm confused or oh boy this or something like it yeah. all like just passed before my eyes fairly <laughs> fine but I, I was hope I just kept hoping something fun would happen and it just didn't yeah and so yeah. that was kind of a bummer but yeah so I would say we're both indifferent to this movie yeah and, basically it's just kind of like that happened I, that happened to and me. we might <laughs> And we might be willing to recommend the first 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well. If this was just like a short, if this was like a movie <laughs> short, I would recommend it full-heartedly. Well, isn't that just a ringing endorsement of Cherry 2000? Um, 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I am Sarah, and I'm here with my sister, Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.